From Entrepreneur Media, this is Problem Solvers, a show in which entrepreneurs do what entrepreneurs do best, solve unexpected problems in their business. We were completely wrong. And I'm just like, it's not selling. It was like, we have to start from scratch. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, the editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. A few years ago, I met a founder named Holden who wanted to show me a video, a video that would explain his very interesting company. So I said, sure, let's watch it. And the first 40 seconds or whatever, I don't remember, talked about the problem. The problem is wildfires that destroy homes, which is a very real problem. California, Colorado, there are a lot of places that suffer from wildfires that destroy people's homes and businesses. And then it gets to the solution. And the solution, <laughs> you're going to laugh when I tell it to you. The solution is that you press a button and the house literally lowers itself into the ground. Like for real, that's the solution. You press a button and the house goes underground. And I, I mean, I saw this and I said, that is, that is the craziest idea I've ever heard. But Holden is not a crazy man. He is a very accomplished man who had spent a lot of time and money developing technology to actually do this. And the more we started talking and the more I learned about what he was doing with a company that's called HyberTech, the more I thought, this is a moonshot that I, 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 just, I just find really compelling. It's a big idea. It's a bold idea. Eh, people might say it's a crazy idea. But it's also a real thing that he is building. That when he asked if I wanted to serve as an advisor for his company, I, I, I had to say yes, because I had to see where this journey would go. And like I said, it's been a few years. I, I advise a whole bunch of companies. I don't usually put them on my podcast or in Entrepreneur in some way. Uh, you know, they're separate. But HyberTech has reached an interesting new moment here, a fundraising moment that I thought you listening here might want to be a part of. Or you just want to hear from a founder who has devoted himself to a really fascinating moonshot. Because I mean, come on, don't you want to know who comes up with a crazy idea like this? My name is Holden Forrest. I'm the founder and CEO of Hybertech Homes. And, you know, you've heard me explain what Hybertech does, but let's just hear from Holden because maybe, maybe you thought, I, I must have heard him wrong. He can't mean what I think he means. So, Hybrid Tech Homes is a um, completely groundbreaking innovation in home building technology where we are focused on saving homes and lives in wildfires in a completely unique way. What that means is we magically have created a way to put our homes underground when wildfire threats arise to raise back up to ground level when the threats pass. I know it sounds crazy, but that's what we've done. But today, I am not here just so Holden can tell you about HyberTech. Really, what I wanted Holden to do was talk to you, talk to me, about how to turn a giant idea into reality. Because the thing is, entrepreneurs are big thinkers and big dreamers. And I know there are a lot of people out there, perhaps you listening to this right now, you're sitting on a big idea. And you're not sure if you can bring it into reality. Maybe you don't 
come from that industry. Maybe you don't have that specific expertise, whatever it is. You know, Holden doesn't either. He does have some construction background. He'll explain that in a little bit. But building this kind of thing, there's no reason that Holden is specifically the person built to do it. It's just that he had the idea and he had the devotion to it. And he had the courage to not just say, this is a cool idea, but to say, this is something that I'm going to do. How do you do that? As it turns out, Holden is very, very thoughtful on this subject. I, we had never actually talked about it until we just hit record for this podcast, but he's pretty inspirational. And I hope that when you listen to this, maybe you want to invest in hypertech, which you can do. You can do right now, by the way. Just go to Republic, republic.com. It's a place for the crowd to invest in startups, republic.com. Just search for hypertech. There's also a link to this in the show notes. But, you know, okay, so fine. Maybe you want to invest in hypertech, but maybe you just want to go and build something awesome yourself. Either way, that's what we're talking about today on Problem Solvers coming up after the break. Welcome back to the show. I'm Jeff Fenster, and I believe experience is the most overrated prerequisite for being successful. After starting over a dozen companies, all in wildly different industries that have generated hundreds of millions of dollars, I've learned that while there are many paths to success, the formula stays about the same. Join me every Monday as I decode this formula to success with athletes like Drew Brees, entrepreneurs like Dan Fleischman, philanthropists like David Meltzer, marketers like Neil Patel, plus real estate moguls, industry influencers, A-list entertainers, or even the occasional animal whisperer like The Real Tarzan. So if you want to hear what all these people have in common, then hit subscribe. Get ready to take some life-changing action and let me be the first to welcome you to The Jeff Fenster Show. All right, we are back. I'm talking with Holden Forrest of Hybertech, a startup that I am an advisor to. And we're talking about how to turn a big, 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 possibly crazy idea into reality. And at the start, I asked Holden to explain a little bit of his background. So let's begin there. Well, I do, I do have some background in construction because I built a large biofuel company in a downtown location in the United States, which, which had never been done before. That took five years, and that was a lot of engineering, a lot of thinking, outside-the-box thinking. But first, let me just celebrate all of the big thinkers out there that are high-concept people that have this amazing idea, and they're just completely daunted by the, the journey and what it's going to take. And if I can help explain how it works and to give you enthusiasm and support, I, I want to do that because I celebrate you. I think that's what makes America great. So yes, mm -hmm. keep thinking, keep dreaming, and, and I'll do the best I can to, to uh, encourage you along by my own experiences, good, bad, and ugly. So yeah, I came up with this idea and the idea was very simple. I was very frustrated watching California burn in wildfires especially in 2018 and 2017, when we had three massive fires that just annihilated the state. And I was with my little girl, you know, uh, doing homework and I was watching the news and I just said to her, I said, I can't believe nobody's ever come up with a solution, a real solution, because right now people are sitting ducks and there's, there's nothing they can do. I don't want to give you this super long answer, but it was just as simple as, as, as sketching a picture on the back of her math homework of a house that went underground and came back up. I said, hey, you can't burn what you can't find, right? You can't, you can't devastate what you can't see. And I was laughing with my daughter and she said, you know, Papa, it's a magic house. And I said, yeah, it's a magic house. And that's a crazy idea, Jason. It's, it's so bat crazy to think <laughs> this, this made any sense. 
But the more I thought about it, it was vexing me. And, and with a little bit of engineering background and having built some things before, but you're right, nothing like this. Nobody's ever done anything like this. I started to ask engineering friends of mine and then the, an architect that I'd worked with before that's a very Harvard top-of-the-line architect, expecting these guys to tell me I was insane. I had come completely out of my mind. And I was prepared for it. I had no, nothing vested. But crazily, they drank the same kind of Kool-Aid. I don't know. They said, well, this is so interesting. Well, it can't possibly make sense. It's, it never was feasible or possible. But the more we got into it and the more we started studying the, the math and the calculations and the load, and, and when the architect actually designed a home that could fit upon a platform that would be weighted and balanced in such a way that it could retract and back up, and when we started looking at hydraulics and different pneumatic and different systems to get the house up and down economically, it all started to come together. And then we started to apply for patent. And then we, after years of work, remember, Jason, this was four years from, let me tell everybody out there, you have a big idea. And sometimes those big ideas were uh, explode like Vesuvius. It'll be a, a larva flow and it'll happen quickly. More often than not, the big idea is fantastic and it's captivating and it takes years of work to make happen. I know that's what you want me to talk about too, but we'll get to that. But I just want to say it's been a four-year journey. I just went live two months ago. We had to get all of our ducks in the row, all of our engineering, our patents, our protection, our IP, and now we're ready to tell the world. And that's a long answer and I'm sorry. No, that's, that's a great answer. How long was it before you considered this a real business? Like what you described there is, is a journey that starts with just asking some people, which is a very reasonable thing to do. And then when those people don't think that you're crazy, you start taking the idea seriously, but you're still kind of in right. idea phase. How did you decide this is a business and a thing that I'm going to commit my time and energy and money into? Right. The first thing you do, and I'll say this again to future entrepreneurs out there, again, the big thinkers that have the, the renegade idea, is you get a little bit of support first from other than your friends and family because they will always tell you you're a genius. So you need people from the outside that have no vested interest, like the engineer down the street I was talking about or the architect that I'd worked with before. This actually is going to give me the straight scoop. You need the straight story to make sure that what you've got isn't just an illusion that you have of, of, of greatness or something. So that's the first thing. And we passed that. The next thing is, will anybody invest in it? So I wrote a business plan. It was exactly two paragraphs long. I had to come up with an arbitrary value for my company in just the idea stage. No patents, nothing pending, just the idea of how it could work out with a little bit of calculations from an engineer that believed or two, the architect saying, hey, I can put a house on this. It's just the support of these people that were outside. I had to go get a little bit of money. I didn't, I could have used my own money, but a lot of the entrepreneurs out there are not independently wealthy. They have a great idea and they know they need a little bit of capital to get started. So how do you do that? Well, the first thing you do is you have to come up with a value. And how do you do that? Because you've got no revenue coming in. There's no way to definitively quantify how much your idea is worth at this very, very early stage. So the answer, my friends, is you come up with a value that resonates with the people that are writing the check. That's how it works. And so you may think you've got a billion dollar idea, but if an investor says, you know what, I'll give you $60,000 for 10%, which makes it a $600,000 idea, then maybe that's what you go with if that's what you're willing to do. Give up 10% for that first pre-seed money. And that's exactly what I did. I came up with a pre-seed value. Uh, it was negotiated. 
And my guy came in and said, I love it. I'm in. And that's when I start taking it seriously because somebody else has not just said it is feasible or plausible. Somebody's put some money of their own in. And I knew I was going to put a lot of my own in also. And I wanted to do the journey by more than just me believing. I, I wanted an army of believers. And soon I had another couple of investors. And then I had a lot of people waiting to invest and I didn't need that. Then I started self-funding and doing those things because I already had the pre-seed money. Anyway, the pre-seed money allows you to go get a law firm that you might need to protect your idea. If your big thinking idea is unique, you must protect it because people will steal it. So you must take some of that early funding and make sure that you're buttoned down on your IP and coverage. You know, as you say this, I'm thinking back to some of the phases that I've watched you go through. And one thing that I've been really struck by is how good you are at <laughs> collecting people. You're really good at collecting people, right? You always have like some new advocate or, you know, somebody who can make an introduction that's really valuable or somebody who knows something about an area that you need to figure out. And that's a real skill all by itself. And it's interesting to hear how much you indexed on that at the very beginning, that from the very start, you're looking to validate this through other people, real experts in their fields. You're looking to make the next step in this business based on whether others will invest in you. What's your advice to people about how to find those people, how to sell those people on your vision, how to bring them on your team? What a great question. And actually a topic that people don't really don't talk about. They talk about, you know, being persuasive and selling and they talk about being, you know, tenacious and your commitment and your drive and your focus. But you touched on something really important and, and that is determining the targeting. I'm sorry, but targeting the best personalities and uh, individuals that can help uh, get you through the journeys uh, s smoother and, and in a more compelling way. So, using HyberTech as an example. Well, bringing you in was fantastic. I mean, I initially, if it's okay to share this, sure. uh, booked a time with you because I'd heard through the grapevine. I actually, I don't know if you know this. I know several people that have written for Entrepreneur Magazine and have, mm. were impressed with you. And oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's why I booked the time. I booked the time for your guidance on branding and uh, networking and the things that you were one of the many things that you're really well-versed in. And then when I told you the idea, you got it. And I hadn't shared it with hardly anybody yet because my attorneys were saying, be very, very careful what you say. We're going to be do this you know, under the cone of silence as we're developing and getting the patents. That's if right. They, you, I, had, you, had me, you had me sign an NDA just to right. have the conversation. NDA, I know. And uh, to share our idea, you know, because we were very protective of it, but you got it. So you were a key but I didn't even know you were key. You were, you kind of came along by, I would say by fate or destiny and thank God you did. So thank you for your belief at the beginning and being able to see outside the box like the rest of us. Oh, thank but you. Let, thank you. But let me give you an example, uh, getting back to your question. How do you find strategic people that will help you push the needle? What do you do? Well, you got to think about whatever your idea happens to be of who those dream characters could be that would really get you charging forward. And I thought, well, wait a minute. I'll tell you, I'm going to go, I'm going to shoot for the, the moon. We just had this Woolsey wildfire, which was absolutely devastating. 1,600 homes were obliterated to the ground, completely scorched earth all throughout Malibu and Calabasas and Hidden Hills. These are Southern California locations. 
where a lot of affluent people live, a lot of celebrities and, uh, you know, a lot of estate homes, but they were absolutely wiped off the earth. And I thought, well, you know who I need is somebody that has seen this firsthand, has dealt with it in, a, in a, an incredibly personal way. Who better than the mayor of Malibu to get on board, who has seen the devastation, who has been there, who was hailed as a hero because he put his own life at risk, saving dozens of people, shepherded him out of the, the burning hills. That guy would be amazing. And that guy, I called on the phone, cold called. And I said, look, you're going to think this is nuts, but this is what I'm doing. And I was inspired a lot what happened and what you did and, and, the, and what you experienced in the Woolsey fire. Because I was there. I saw it firsthand because I, I live here in Southern California, unless you don't know. So I was there and I saw it and he heard the idea. And like Jason, like you, he got it. He goes, well, this is nuts, isn't it? I mean, are you, are you for real? And I showed him my engineering and I showed him our designs and I, and I showed him the people we had on board and the caliber of my team. You know, I've got a PhD in thermal engineering from Penn State. I've got uh, engineers that have worked for, in subterranean ways for cities and water and sewer. And so we had all the things about geology covered and electric and so anyway. He saw it all and he said, this is amazing. I want to know more. I didn't pretty soon. He's on board as a, as a shareholder also. So that was big. That thing that you're describing there, I can't emphasize enough how important it is, which is the practical steps that have been taken to turn a big idea into a real thing. That was what sold me on this. I, I had a lot of people, I've had a lot of people reach out to me with big, crazy ideas. but. The problem is that they're all just big, crazy ideas. They're all just at the idea stage. And as far as I'm concerned, a big idea with no execution is nothing. It's a, it's a completely worthless exercise. So what you just described with the mayor of Malibu is what I experienced too, which is where you, when you showed this to me and I said, well, that's the, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. But then you proceeded to show me all these ways in which it has been, it has been, in, it's in the process of being realized in very real ways. The deep talent pool that you have brought to this, the amount of like real investment that has taken place. Uh, you hadn't protected the ideas yet, but you were uh, you were on your way there. And that I think, and like I just I, that's the thing I want to stress. And maybe you have maybe you have some additional advice for folks here. Like you can't just run around saying, I have a genius idea. Everyone's got a genius idea. Everyone's got a genius idea for some random thing. Like what comes down to it is, are you the person who can execute this crazy idea and, and turn it into reality? Because most ideas just stop at the idea phase. But when I met you, Holden, and, and what I think probably a lot of other people see when, when they meet you is like, you're not just a crazy idea guy. You're, I mean, you are a crazy idea guy, but you're a crazy idea guy who, who also is like incredibly diligent and organized and relentless. And you, you are committed not to just big ideas, but to execution, to big execution. And that is what draws me to founders is, is not big ideas, but is big idea married with very realistic execution. And if you, if you don't have that, like I, I would just strongly suggest if, if you're at the big idea stage, if you're listening to this, do something, do a lot to get this on the road towards execution so that when you go out and you try to find partners, you can show them that you're not just an idea person, you're an execution person. What do you think, Holden? Well, I, I think that's well said and, and completely accurate. I also think that if your big idea is about making money and that is your 
goal is I got this big idea that's going to make us billions of dollars. That's one incentive. And you can create some drive, I guess, and some momentum behind that. That's never been what I'm about. I, I like to, like my biofuel company or the other things that I've done, that I really want to do something that helps mankind. So when you talk about that tenacity and drive, it's not about being profit motivated. It really is about saving homes and lives and wildfires that have never been done before. Yes, there's a historic element to it that, that draws me because it's, because it's so unique and never been done. So I like that idea from a legacy point of view. I think that's really cool, but it's not about money or profits. It's about, it's about knowing every day and having the focus that it has to get done. This is the answer. I mean, I totally believe it. And, and my people believe it. This is a hundred percent answer for homes and businesses and other structures and wildfire in the areas. We believe in it because we believe in the mission behind it. And that is motivating that if it was just money, you could have given up a long time ago because you run out of money and there's money challenges and you think, oh gosh, I'm a real estate broker, right? What am I doing giving up all of that uh, income for this crazy idea? No, you have to believe in the idea. The idea has to be first and foremost and you have to be so bought into it and understand the greater good that will happen because of it. And that's what happens for us anyway. Not all big ideas have a humanity angle to it. And so then you have to just rely on your tenacity drive and all the things we're talking about here and sacrifice. But in our case, it was a little bit easier and has been because we know we're doing something for the greater good. That allows you to sacrifice maybe a little, little bit more. But remember, we're doing homes and businesses and wildfires also and wind. And, and we're playing for a lot, of, a lot of marbles here. And we want to, we want to deliver. We have to deliver. I, I'm, it, this will happen. And that's all there is to it. How do you handle, I'm sure, all the people across these four years who have heard this and said to you, this is just, a, this is crazy. Like, this is crazy and not in a good way. It's just crazy. It, this does, doesn't work. Or this is not something people want. That you're going to, if you're a big idea person, you're going to run into a lot of that. And sometimes it's worth listening to, right? Like sometimes people who are going to doubt the thing you're doing have very valid points. How have you navigated that yourself? Okay, another great question. First of all, two things. One is the things that you said people say, you voiced way kinder than the kinds of negativity you get from people. People (laughs) that simply tell you to your face, you are an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) you are delusional and an idiot and a fool and get out of my face. I mean, they will be completely uh, brutal. That's the first thing. Um, The the main point is this. It's easy to counter these people as you make progress in your mission. When we had patents pending, anybody can get a patent pending. You you, you put the money in, you you send your stuff to the USPTO, the, the patent office, and it sits there and then you can say, hey, I'm patent pending. And th- that doesn't mean squat. They can deny you and they often will. And it's very, very difficult, especially something so high concept as hypertech with all the mechanisms and inventions and innovations and operations never been seen before. We had 75, 80 pages of CAD drawings and everything to go with our inventions and how it all works. So to answer your question, the progress that you make helps validate the idea that you have. So when people are saying you're an idiot and a fool, you just take your patent, your first one, you put it in front of your face and go, really? Anybody who puts a house underground and comes back up for, to avoid any threat or, wild, or wildfire or, or natural disaster that we can handle, I have right in my hand, 
do you, this is concrete. This exists and I did it and we did it and hybrid tech is real. And that shuts people up. And when you have three of those patents, then all of a sudden you become very, very real. So yeah, you can, you can, neg- I, I could take anybody giving me anything right now negative. I'm doing a webinar that's an open question and answer from Facebook people that have been crucifying me over the last week. They don't get it. Oh, people are going to die underground. They're going to suffocate. Well, nobody rides our houses underground, but they don't, they don't read it. They don't know. So I'm going to have a chance to go against all my naysayers. Of course, we, we get a lot of love too. But to answer your question, results, results trump criticism uh, every time. And we, you, so you have to, with your idea, continue to make progress, whatever it takes. Find a way to keep pushing the needle forward so it's undeniable. So anybody can say, well, you're not just talking. You've got something concrete behind you. And that's totally imperative. You seem to have a really good idea of what you know and who you need help from. You've surrounded yourself with a good team of experts, but you also, you're also the founder who everything has to be on your shoulders. And so I'm sure you feel stretched in in maybe trying to have to tackle things that you might not be the expert on. How, how have you handled or navigated being this, being that the, the captain of this ship, like where sometimes you can rely on some people, but you know, it's going to all come down to you and you're in, you're in situations on a regular basis. We've talked through some of them, just you and me, where, you know, you're not, you're going into a room that you've never been in before. You're talking to kinds of people that you've never talked to before. How have you navigated that? Well, firstly, I have, I have navigated it the best that I can do. And I know I've done the best I can. But it doesn't mean that I'm anywhere near perfect and being able to do as you describe. I'm constantly aware of what I need to do and also my shortcomings because I'm only one person. So where it really has been beneficial, I mean, quite honestly, are people like you. I mean, you've been a blessing. I bounce things off you because I respect you. I know where you've come from. You've written a phenomenal book, you know, that I've read three times. Uh, and and uh, it was a huge help. It centers me. It lets me know I'm not alone in my thinking and my priorities. And mm. uh, it's been extremely helpful. And you've been around the block and you know. So it's having people around you, again, putting your team together that are not only believers, but also bring so much to the table. So you and my engineers and my business people that are on my team have all helped me do as you describe, and that is be the captain of the ship. I don't want to be a despot. I don't make decisions usually just because I have the power to do that. I want, and I listen to everybody, all of their criticisms or all of their, anything they give me that's, that's good advice or bad advice. Like you mentioned earlier, you, you should, sometimes you should listen to negativity. I say you always listen to negativity. Everything, even the guy that calls you an idiot, You'll see on Facebook, if you go there and see my responses, I thank them to, for everything. To take the time to even tell me I'm a fool is good or that the idea sucks. That's excellent. I want to know why. What, why do you think that way? What, what is it that I could do better to, make, to convince you that what we're doing is righteous? And so maybe I, I'm all over the place in answering your question. No, I'm the best no. captain that I can be. I'm a single father raising a, a 14-year-old girl, and I, I don't want to cheat her on all the time and giving a hybrid tech. So I make it very simple. I make her my priority and every other hour in the day is hybrid tech. I have no social life. Why? I'm completely committed to making this happen because I think it needs to happen. And you've all bought into it. And again, 
for me to be the captain and to make all the decisions and all the things I've got to do with marketing and the engineering meetings and, and new patents and, and the ex- expanding our brand couldn't be done without folks like you that I trust that are in my life to delegate to and to listen to. I appreciate that. And I will add that one thing I'm very impressed with with you is that when I give you feedback on things, and often I'm telling you that something you sent me could use some work or it needs to be rethought. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And you uh, never once have you gotten defensive over that. In fact, most of the time, I'd say you find some funny way of saying like, damn it, you're right again. Uh, And (laughs) it's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And then you and then you act on it. And uh, and I think that's great, right? Because that means that you're not you're not just like trying to surround yourself with people who are going to validate the thing that you're doing. You're you're genuinely looking for real feedback. I can I I see that put into practice all the time. I think it's so important. Holden, let's just talk about where you are right now. You and I are talking we're going to air this a few weeks from when we're recording. So we're talking on Halloween on October October 31st, 2023. Um, happy Halloween. Thank you. Happy Halloween. You and you and all. <laughs> You've made a decision about how to try to raise money for this company. Why don't you tell me what you're doing and why you made the decision that you made? Okay, you're talking about like this this exact point in time where what are we looking at and where are we at? Yeah. Okay, perfect. So once so we've accomplished all these benchmarks, right? And we got our final patent came in June, a third patent, which was the big one for the utilities disconnect. We'd already had the ceiling cover deployment and how that works, the mechanisms and the whole transition underground and come back up methodology had already been had already been patented, not pending, but granted in your hand. Now we had three. The uh, law firm that I've been working with from the beginning said, look at you don't, don't go live, don't say anything, don't be completely uh, confidential until we get the third patent. And then we feel like you've got enough coverage where you can start sharing the incredible story of Hybertech. That was in June. So then we decided we needed to raise funding. So you want to know where we're at right now. We made a decision that the next strategic step Right now, rather than going out to the press and blowing our horn or, or, or begging Entrepreneur Magazine to do a feature story on us or something stupid, would be completely premature. What we need to do now is prove our concept, period. And a lot of people said, well, you should make like a little model house that goes up and down, you know, that's maybe 125th scale. And I thought, well, you know what? That worked with my biofuel company because I could show in a smaller scale that you could put grease in and, and have a clean burning fuel about the other side. And that would make sense to scale it, but not our house. You can't do a little model and put it underground and come back up and have people really understand. So I, I made, and it was agreed that the proper strategy decision now was to build a full scale working prototype of our hybrid tech home in action. So we need to raise money and that's what we're doing. We're on, can I say where we're at? Uh, Jason, yeah. I, I don't want to take advantage. No, uh, I, uh, this is the whole point of this is to drive people towards this. I want people to be oh, aware. Okay. So I tell, mean, tell I them mean, where they are. I don't want to be, you know, like disingenuous or like, no, know, no, no. I love talking to entrepreneurs and to big thinkers out there. If the only reason for this podcast is to inspire people to chase their dreams, and if I've been able to help in any way at showing how to do it, get some people behind you that aren't friends and family, put a little business plan together, see if you can get somebody to actually write a check. You'd be tenacious as hell, believe in your product 100%, find people around you that also share the same dream that can give you, that can give you some, uh, that, that cover bases that, that you don't have, that make you stronger as a team than you would be individually, and then keep the faith. Well, that takes us to where we are today. So now you got to build the prototype. And so we determined that the cost to build a prototype would be approximately $5 million, which is 
lucky because that's about the amount that you can do in what they call, um, well, in fundraising, as far as the SEC goes, I don't want to go into all that. We could do another podcast about everything I've learned about no, what can't. you can raise and how you can raise it. But we decided to do crowdfunding. And so we're on republic.com and Hybertech Homes. And we just started and we're raising capital right now. And the whole reason to raise it is to build our prototype home. So we need to get the land. We have to entitle the land and do all the geology and make sure we can get the permits and, uh, and do the excavation. And then we've got to bring our hydraulics in. And then we've got to put our modular home on top of it. And then we're going to go up and down and, and do simulated burns and all sorts of crazy stuff that, that inspire the, the masses and the media. And we're going to have a big media event and maybe several dozens and show what our house can do. And then we'll prove our model. And that should just open the floodgates of, of interest and, and orders should be pouring in just like it, I've had experience before with other inventions and innovations. Once they see it and they can see that it really happens, that's the plan. So that's where we're at right now. We're funding and I'm looking at land all the time. I've had land offered to me from people that have scorched earth that we're negotiating with those folks that, that were gun shy to rebuild. They might want to do it the hybrid tech way. So I might open to partnering or whatever it is. But that's where we're at now, Jason, is raising that capital to make it absolutely tangible. And I'm so excited. I cannot wait to build the house and because I, I know we can. Yeah. Uh, well, we will put the link to Republic in the show notes. Holden, final question. Yeah. You, you, you know, you and I have been trading a lot of emails recently. You often note that you are pulling an all-nighter uh, for one reason or another. So you sound energetic. You sound excited. You must also be exhausted. How you doing? You know, this, this is where something I think it has to do with uh, physiology or something or individuals. I've always been really, really, I guess, high strung, super, you know, hyper about anything. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just, I am just that way, but I'll answer the question. I don't like it. Uh, pulling these all nighters. I just don't have any options. There is so much work to do as you begin your journey with your big idea. The more traction you get, the more that begats more things. I mean, the more traction you have means there's more people to deal with. It means there's more opportunities that you cannot let slide. I have no options. I, I have to pull all-nighters or 20-hour days. I'm usually a seven, eight-hour sleeper. In fact, you had an interesting thing in your in one of your uh, uh, what, one of your shares letter. Yeah. What, what, what do you call them? The messages? Or, the newsletter. The yeah. newsletter, yeah. Your newsletter is great. You got to read the Thank newsletter. You. There's always a tidbit of, who does your illustrating for the newsletter, by the way? I do you this? Arti artificial intelligence does. I use oh. Dolly. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so minimalistic, but it's so cool. Yeah, it, like today you were talking about that to the 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 sleep, you know, the sleep of different entrepreneurs. You know, yeah, yeah. Ten a.m. to five a.m. and some crazy author that you have that that gets up at three a.m. and does her thing. See, I read your stuff. How about I do, that? I see. I, somehow you have time for it. I appreciate. I don't that. know. I, I'm in, I'm a little bit different. But the bottom line is, I'm used to seven eight hours of sleep. I used to think that, and now I'm I'm on four. So it's a really bad answer to your question. I think I was, I think my personality allows me to make those kinds of sacrifices. I'm not saying it's healthy. I'm usually like a zombie. Right now I'm excited because I'm so excited to share what we've done. It's never, that never stops. I'm, I'm such a believer and I want everybody to, to have the same enthusiasm for what we're doing. Listen, whether it's hybrid tech or not, whether worst case scenario, if we ever crashed and burned and it didn't work, the future is homes that are going to retract underground. Let's face it. We've got global warming. We've got climate change. I don't care whether it's hailstorms, meteor showers. In the future, homes will have to retract. It's only getting worse. It's getting hotter. It's getting 
less hospitable on the face of the planet. And everybody knows it. It should be us now. And I hope it is. And I'll do everything in my power to make it happen. But the future is hybrid tech. No question about it. And we're here right now. So join our army. Join the hybrid tech revolution. <laughs> well, Holden, I asked you how you're doing. You basically gave me the answer via the commitment that you have for this mission. So it feels like the answer is you're exhausted, but you're committed. And uh, yes, there's probably no, no better description for a great entrepreneur. So thanks for sharing all this. And I am excited to have shared this part of the journey so far and hopefully much more to come. Well, thank you so much for you and being a part of my journey and for the opportunity to talk about hybrid tech. It's been great. Thank you so much. And that's our episode. I would love to hear what you think and maybe even about a problem that you solved. You can find me at my website, jasonpfeiffer.com. J-A-S-O-N-F-E-I-F-E-R.com. Also, I have some more useful stuff for you. I write a newsletter about how to future-proof yourself and become more adaptable and optimistic. I would love for you to sign up. It is at jasonpfeiffer.bulletin.com. Also, check out my other podcast. It's called Build for Tomorrow. In each episode, I take on some belief that we have that holds us back from progress and show you why it is not as bad as you think. Problem Solvers is a production of Entrepreneur Media and comes out every Monday morning, so make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Thanks to Deepa Shah for production. My name is Jason Pfeiffer. See you next week.